Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey guys, welcome to a special edition of the Falcoholic Podcast. The official podcast of Atlanta Falcon on the Ethnic Nation Podcast Network. This is David Walker. Uh, we're coming to you with some breaking news. Joining me from the Falcoholic staff is the one and only Adnan Ikic. Adnan, how are you doing? I've been better. <laughs> for, for those who haven't heard, uh, the news broke this morning. The Atlanta Falcons announced uh, somewhat surprisingly that uh, Dan Quinn, head coach of the Falcons, and uh, GM Thomas Dimitrov would both be back for the 2020 season. I think there was uh, a certain amount of uh, debate within the the Falcons community about whether these guys would make it. I think the majority of people, uh, at least I'd say 80%, thought that it was a foregone conclusion uh, that Dan Quinn would be gone and Dimitrov with him. I think a lot of people were convinced that no matter what, Dimitrov would be gone. Uh, they did announce that um, Raheem Morris would be the defensive coordinator in 2020, which I do think is a good move. We'll talk about that a little bit. And interestingly, I'm not sure what to make of this news yet, but both Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov will now report to Rich McKay, who reports directly to Arthur Blank. So there is that's an interesting move. I, I, at this point, I'm not entirely sure what to make of it, uh, but that's why we're here. That's why we're here on the podcast to talk about this. Uh, to talk about what this means for 2020, uh, our thoughts on this decision. Uh, so Adnan, I'm going to ask you first, your thoughts on keeping GM Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. And you can break that up if you want, talk about each man, uh, their jobs. How do you feel about this? Well, uh, let's say that the past few days I've been fighting a sickness and this just made me even more sick because... <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I don't understand how you can go in after, after that seven and nine season last year, we came into this year and I think most of us agreed it was a playoffs or bust year for Dan Quinn. It was, uh, you know, win the division title or at the very least get into the playoffs or you should not be here next year because, you know, you, you got the excuse about all of the injuries last year. You wasted a year of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones's prime. And then you come into this year and you do the exact same thing as last year in terms of the record. You start off one and seven. And in my opinion, Quinn should have been gone at the bye week. And I'm not changing from that at all. And then you go on a win streak to end the season to potentially once again go seven and nine or six and 10 if you lose to the Buccaneers. Either way. Um, it's fool me once, shame on you, and now you're completely fooling me twice. So I I don't know if those were the parameters 
and you did the exact same thing again this year, I don't know how, how you can be retained on the staff, but you know, I, I, I kind of get it because the players have really gone to bat for Dan Quinn. The players really like him and that matters. Uh, and yeah. obviously it matters to Arthur Blank since he's retaining him. I have no idea how you can retain Thomas Dimitrov at all. Yeah. Like, like just looking at the cap for the Atlanta Falcons this coming off season, that's a fireable offense in, in of itself. The team will have to cut a few players just to be able to afford their draft class. Yeah. let alone trying to bring back Austin Hooper to extend him. Um, the, this is a team where that would have actually been a lot easier had they traded Devontae Freeman to the Detroit Lions who were willing to take pretty yeah. much take on his entire caps or cap hit, but instead opted to not trade him. And now they'll potentially have to cut him and eat dead money this offseason. I don't understand keeping Dimitrov at all. I like Raheem Morris as a defensive coordinator. I think that's the only good news to come out of this. But at minimum, at minimum, this team should uh, let go of Dirk Cutter. And it looks like they'll do the exact bare minimum because that's exactly what this franchise has thrived off of, doing the bare minimum <laughs> for over 50 years of its, ex of its existence. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm stunned. Uh, to be honest, I, I, I was convinced that at minimum, Dimitrov would be gone. Uh, as you mentioned, the some of the free agent signings they made, uh, you know, if we look at James Carpenter and Jamon Brown, uh, they're sort of tied to the hip with those guys, uh, both of them for next year. And uh, Jamon Brown hasn't even been active the last couple of games. He, he's been uh, <clears throat> bad and, and Carpenter has been. Uh, neither guy has sol solved any of the issues on the offensive line. Now, I will say this. Um, the early returns on Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry, uh, especially in the back half of the season, have been positive. So it, it does it does look like they've done a fairly good job with uh, you know drafting some guys for those positions. But the free agency moves have tied up the cap. Um, you know, we brought back Vic Beasley for $13 million, uh, on his, uh, you know, fifth-year deal, the fifth-year option. And, uh, you know, he has eight sacks this year. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's an instance where the statistics don't tell you enough about the player and who he's been really this year. Uh, it's the same story with him. He's, he's disappeared for long stretches, and now he's, uh, now he's doing something when the games don't matter. And I think that's my other concern is the, the, the Falcons are – you know, this back half finish has been when the season was already out of reach. Um, I do think that the win against the Saints on the road, um, the drubbing of the Panthers uh, both times, and uh, the surprising win, I think, over the 49ers, I think that win is what uh, ultimately turned Arthur Blank on this season. So, you know, uh, they've said that the players – not giving up on Quinn was a big factor. And I do think that matters to some extent, but they started one and seven. Uh, and I, I don't know what you can say about that one and seven start. If they had started simply four and four, they would still be in the playoff race right now. And, uh, you know, they don't have the excuse of the injuries like they did last year. Uh, the injuries in 2018 were devastating. And I think that's why many of us were optimistic coming into this season. Um, 
I, I will say this for Dan Quinn, and I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate because I think some of you listening want to know, okay, what could possibly have been the thought process going into this? Uh, I think the, the the back half of the season, how they finished, showed that the players still believe in Dan Quinn. I think that was a factor. I think it was a significant factor. Um, I think the fact that Dan Quinn made all of the coaching changes that he did, including firing himself as defensive coordinator, which is, uh, in my mind, pretty condemning. But uh, regardless, he did it. He moved, uh, you know, Raheem Morris and uh, uh, Jeff Ulbrick into that position. And I think it, you know, it had a positive effect on the defense in the second half. They looked much, much better, more like what we were expecting them to be at the beginning of the season. So I think those things all factored in the fact that the coach was able to, uh, you know, sort of swallow his pride, make some tough changes, you know, realize that he cannot be the defensive coordinator and the head coach at the same time, that he has his own limitations, which I think are pretty severe limitations, but we're not going to touch on that. Um, so I think that's part of the thought process for Arthur Blank as and, well. And I, you know, I understand yeah, all of that. But how many changes are you going to allow Dan Quinn to make year over year? Like after yeah. a head coach fires his entire team of coordinators, it's generally understood that that coach has one more opportunity, one more chance. And then if he fails again, he's next on the chopping block. Yeah. And I mean, looking at, I really like Dan Quinn as a person. Everything I've heard screams that he's like a very good man, but so is Mike Smith. And yeah. this team didn't tolerate that mediocrity toward the end of Mike Smith's tenure. And Dan Quinn, since Kyle Shanahan left in 2016, is a very pristine 23 and 24, has a yeah. 23 and 24 record. And that, that'll be at best 24 and 24 over the course of a three year period. And at worst, 23 and 25. And I mean, let's completely be honest with ourselves. If Kyle Shanahan wasn't here, that magical 2016 season doesn't really happen. And this team is fighting around around a 500 record with Dan Quinn as its head coach over a five-year period. So yeah. th this is just the definition of mediocrity. And I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know how you can be mad if you're Arthur Blank or the decision makers if the seats are empty at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium again next year when you're making these kinds of moves. But, you know, obviously I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm I'm 100% hope that I'm eating crow with this time next year. I just yeah. don't think that I am. Yeah, I I think that's everyone's uh thought process now is uh God, I hope he proves us wrong. Um, I, I will say this. I think uh, Arthur Blank is is making a very big calculated risk here. He knows fans don't want uh, Quinn and Dimitrov back. Uh, and he knows this will probably cost him in revenue for, for tickets uh, going into 2020. So he is making a big bet that these guys are going to turn it around and that, uh, you know, nothing fixes sales more than winning. So uh, he clearly thinks Quinn and Dimitrov are going to turn this around, that they're going to start winning again, that people will be back in the seats, uh, and that you know th this 2019 season will be a distant memory uh, if the Falcons are winning a lot of games in, in 2020. And certainly, I think that will be the case, and, and we will all gladly uh, eat crow if this team returns to the playoffs and does well. 
I do think the difference between what they did with Mike Smith and what they're doing now with uh, Dan Quinn comes down to the playoffs. I think that is a big factor in this. Um, you know, I've heard fans say uh, it's an identical situation. I'm not sure that it is. I think it it is slightly different in the sense that uh, Dan Quinn, when he's gotten to the playoffs, has had a lot more success than Mike Smith did. Um, I'm not to your point. You know, 2016, a lot of people point to that and say, uh, rightfully so, that uh, that was a factor of the Kyle Shanahan offense and that record-breaking offensive season that they had. Uh, And there's certainly a lot of truth to that. But they did win uh, again in 2017. um, And they had, you know, that was arguably the year of their best defense. They had a top 10 scoring defense. Um, They beat the Rams on the road. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, came very close to going back to NFC Championship game. And I think that has been a factor uh, for, for Arthur Blank. He sees that uh, when it's come time for the playoffs, uh, the one thing that DQ did uh, that Mike Smith struggled with was he, he's racked up several wins in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Mike Smith had just the one in his tenure in Atlanta. So I, I think it's a, it's a small distinction. It's an important one, um, and it factors in. Let me ask you this, Adnan. Uh, the, it was interesting to me that the team announced DQ and Dimitrov would be back. And then there was another name they threw in there, and that was um, the fact that Raheem Morris would be back next year to, as defensive coordinator. Uh, we're going to talk about who wasn't mentioned in just a second. But the fact that they explicitly mentioned Raheem, uh, I think, points to the fact that they are happy with this defensive performance in the second half of the season. What's your take on them retaining Raheem, going ahead and promoting him, if you will, to defensive coordinator? Uh, do you like the move? Do you think that maybe takes some of the nastiness off of this uh, news this morning? Uh, what are your thoughts on on that position? Oh, I don't think it takes any of the nastiness away because Raheem Morris isn't the headline. People will always look at the headliners, which are Dimitrov and Dan Quinn, but I really like the move to keep Raheem Morris. I think that was the only good news in this entire announcement because Raheem Morris, I think he's earned it. Um, You look at this defense in the second half of the season, he has had a very, very big hand to play in that. Remember, they moved him from wide receivers coach to, to the defense earlier on this year. And Raheem Morris is someone who has head coaching experience, uh, although it wasn't very good, head coaching experience with Josh Freeman in the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers years ago. That's still a former head coach who, you know, maybe for some people, maybe they're just better coordinators than they are head coaches. Dan Quinn. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well said. (laughs) Go ahead. But but yes, uh, I, I really like the move to promote uh, Raheem Morris, that's someone who's absolutely earned it. And I'm very, I'm very sure that Jeff Oldbrook will also have a very heavy hand to play in the defense next year. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, sign me up for all of that. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I will say if the defense plays uh, next year the way they have in the second half, I do think the Falcons will have a better record. Um, you know, if we look at the first half of the season uh, when Dan Quinn was uh, heading the defense, it was they were abysmal. Um, 
And in this second half, you know, they, they've had a couple of games where they've disappeared. Uh, you know, the Tampa Bay game uh, several weeks ago stands out is a really bad one. But for the most part, this defense has gotten to the quarterback uh, a lot more consistently than they have before. Um, the coverage has been outstanding. Uh, and that's coming from, uh, you know, some guys like Isaiah Oliver, who's improved dramatically in the second half of the season. Uh, Kendall Sheffield, who may be another find in the late rounds of the draft. Um, you know, I, I, I like Raheem Morris. I like what uh, he has done with this team. It, they've moved him around repeatedly, uh, and all he's done is deliver every every position they put him in. I think that also uh, could end up being, uh, you know, something where he ends up being a head coach in the next few years. So uh, I, I do think he's that was a good move. Um, the interesting thing to me was the fact that they announced – Quinn Dimitrov and Raheem Morris, and there was not a single word mentioned about offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. So I think it is notable that they did not sort of uh, say, hey, he is definitely going to be back. Uh, you know, we're going to keep the entire coaching staff. My read on that is the my read is that he is not necessarily 100 percent gone, but that they are going to wait and see and, and think about who may be out there that they can replace him with. Um, so I think they're on the fence with Cutter, which is maybe encouraging. I think they absolutely have to move on from him. He has been a, a, a disaster this year. He has taken um, – what was your phrase in your article, Adnan? Uh, oh, uh, the- he's taken a Ferrari and he's driving it like a Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's an article that's uh, coming out soon. Yeah. Um, so let me get your take on that, Adnan. The fact that they didn't announce Dirk uh, as being one of the coaches that's coming back. Do you think that is uh, a sign that he will not be brought back? Or do you think that maybe they're still on the fence? What's your read on the fact that he wasn't included? Any better not be brought back. Like Dirk, like I said, it should be the bare minimum to change Dirk Cutter out as the offensive coordinator. And like I said, this team thrives on doing the bare minimum throughout its history. But yeah, I understand your, I I understand their reluctance to change offensive coordinators because this will be what, uh, let me get this right. It would be the fourth offensive coordinator in five years. Uh, Dating back to 2016 with Kyle Shanahan, Sark was here for two years, Carter for one. Now they'll have to bring in someone else. And, you know, of course, Matt Ryan has gone through a revolving door of OCs year after year. And it I understand why they would be reluctant. And I think that they will be reluctant to switch out offensive coordinators. But this isn't working. You're banging your head against the wall with Dirk Cutter. Just because you don't want to change offensive coordinators again 
doesn't mean you should keep someone who isn't doing the, the job. Uh, I like to think back to a saying, just because you're thirsty doesn't mean you should drink poison. And that's what this would be <laughs> with Dirk Cutter. Um, this offense has scored fewer points than it did last year under Steve Sarkeesian. And remember, everyone was very quick to run Sarkeesian out of town. Sarkeesian was eventually fired for poor performance. You can't now bring his bring in his replacement, invest so much money into the offensive line, so much money and so many resources. Two first-round picks is a lot. $39 million overall between Jamon Brown and James Carpenter is a yeah. lot, especially for a team that's very strapped for cash. This team didn't go into the offseason with over $100 million in cap space, just throwing that money around. And you get those resources. You have Julio Jones. You have a second-year Calvin Ridley. You have Mohamed Sanu, Russell Gage coming into his own. Matt Ryan is still kicking. And you do worse than you did last year. I, I don't, uh, the math just doesn't add up. And the only, the only common denominator with this team doing worse is Dirk Cutter. So no, you cannot bring him back. And it, it, it's a good sign that they didn't announce him because that probably means that they have the same idea as we are, that they'll be looking toward a new offensive coordinator. And we'll be, yeah. we'll be doing our own due diligence and looking at who that could possibly be in the coming days. Yeah, and I think if they were going, Arthur Blank is not going to announce that uh, uh, Dirk Cutter is not coming back uh, before with one game left to go. Um, now, will Dirk see the news and take from that that he may be out of a job? That's eh, entirely possible. <laughs> I think he knows that this offense has far underperformed what it should. Uh, we have one of the absolute worst running games in the entire league. Um, you know, Matt Ryan has, is the only team who has given up more hits on the quarterback this year, uh, than the Falcons has been the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, for a team that essentially sold off all their best players, uh, you know, to rebuild for us to have the second highest number of quarterback hits tells you how bad the offense has been this year at protecting Matt Ryan. So I think I, I, I am. I'm crossing my fingers that Cutter's gone because I believe he has, uh, you know, been a big problem with this offense. You know, Matt Ryan went from uh, single-digit interceptions um, under both Shanahan and um, uh, Sarkeesian uh, back to, you know, having his most turnovers uh, for the past five years uh, under uh, Dirk Cutter. And, uh, you know, it, it – We've gone backwards. You know, we we have finally had a balanced offense. Um, even, you know, it, it had taken a step back clearly under Sarkeesian, but we were still having some success running the ball. Uh, it's been completely uh, abysmal uh, this year. Um, and that was with, you know, a healthy Devontae Freeman. Um, and I, I just think you can't you can't look at that and think, oh, well, he's going to turn the corner next year. You know, we, we saw what happened in 2013 and 2014 when he was here. Um, and I'll say this, Dirk Cutter can run a top 10 offense if every single thing is going perfectly, which is what happened in 2012. If every single thing is going perfectly, he can give you a top 10 offense. 
Uh, if you have any problems on the offensive line, it falls apart. If you have any problems at depth at wide receiver, it falls apart. If you have any problems at running back, it falls apart. And I think that is as big a condemnation you can make of an offensive coordinator uh, in, in the league. So I do think they're going to look for someone new. I hope they look for someone new. Um, but we probably won't hear about that until uh, next week. And, and I just want to proactively make the point that some people will – look and say that the Falcons are technically have a top five yardage offense this year. And while that's true, some of those statistics are flawed and are mistaken because a lot of those yards that the Falcons were racking up came in garbage time against prevent defenses, especially in the first half of the season when the defense was giving up over 30 points a game. The Falcons are 13th this year in scoring offense. That's a much bigger deal because it doesn't matter how many how how much you move the ball how many yards you rack up if you can't score at the end of the day scoring offense is the most important thing when it comes to offenses what matters is putting up points that's what will win you ball games and that's what the falcons haven't really been doing at a great clip they're 13th in scoring offense that's that's very close to average very close to mediocre yeah. But and this this roster should not be yes, average to me. This younger. team, this roster, this offense should be in the top five in scoring offense. It doesn't. I'm not. Nobody was looking for a repeat of 2016 where they were top ten in NFL history. Right. But 13th in the entire league. Are you telling me there are 12 offenses in the NFL which are more talented than the Atlanta Falcons this year? That falls on coaching. Yeah. No, I, I I think at best, you know, you maybe find three or four rosters that have uh, as good or superior uh, talent on offense, and that's maybe it. Otherwise, the Falcons the Falcons should absolutely be a top seven offense. You know, forget top ten; they uh, they should be top five, top seven in that range. Um, and you know, you've made the great point. The statistics can be very. Um, uh, deceiving and i think in the case of this year you know people are like oh well look at the statistics well you know there there were a few games where we were completely out of it and uh you know the other team goes into prevent and we're racking up yards and and you know junk time touchdowns and um you know that makes it look a lot better than it really is and i think you know that rich mckay has said you know that he is going to look up and down the roster and evaluate everybody so i think their color falls into that um, I, and honestly, I don't know how you look at what Cutter has done, especially with the fact, again, that you have the history with him. You know what he did 2012 through 2014. Um, you, you've seen what this offense can look like when it is firing on, on all cylinders. So, um, yeah, they, they've got to move on from Cutter at this point. Um, all right, Adnan, any final thoughts before we close out this uh, quick breaking news podcast? Uh, I think we said what needed to be said i once again i really hope that i'm incorrect and that this team has 11 or 12 wins next year and that they win the nfc south and they make a deep playoff run and the bends will be full if that happens i guarantee you for the playoffs this stadium will sell out if that happens i just i i just don't see it right now and I came into this year super optimistic, thinking that that's exactly what would have happened. But they did the exact same thing again. And fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not 
I'm not going into 2020 with that sense of optimism that I had coming into this year. Yeah. I think for anyone that's uh, listening, uh, if you've if you're frustrated, we get it. Um, I think many of us are. Uh, we're not going to hide our feelings on this. I was ready uh, personally for the team to move on to more a more offensive minded head coach. I will say this: um, I think there was some concern in the NFL about the potential head coaching candidates this year. Uh, you know, there there were a lot of names being thrown around, but there's no guarantee uh, for that any of these guys is going to be the next. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, et cetera. So we'll see. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to be played out now between uh, this point and uh, the beginning of the 2020 season. The draft is going to have a big impact. Uh, what the Falcons do um, to, to free up cap space is going to be a very significant uh, thing for us to cover. But as it stands right now, um, Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn will be back in 2020. Uh, so Adnan, thank you for joining me on this uh, Breaking News podcast. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening in. Uh, of course, pay attention to thefalcoholic.com, where we'll have breaking news, thoughts, analysis on all of this uh, as the Falcons wrap up the 2019 season. We get ready for 2020. Uh, you can find Adnan on Twitter at Say Which Way. Uh, you can find me at FalcoholicDW. We thank you guys for tuning in. Talk with you next time.